Hello everyone, and welcome to another installment of Podcast 360, your go-to resource for medical news and clinical updates. I'm your moderator, Lee Precopio, with Consultant 360 Specialty Network. Ocular presentations are common in primary care settings, but not all primary care providers feel equipped to deal with these cases. However daunting it may seem, with a systematic approach and a bit of confidence, the management of these patients is possible in a primary care setting. This was among the topics of discussion at the 2021 American Academy of Physician Assistants Conference. Today I'm joined by session presenter Tara McSwiggin, who is an assistant professor in the Department of Physician Assistant Studies at the University of Pittsburgh. Thank you for joining me today, Tara. To begin, could you give us a brief overview of your session? Absolutely. So my session is called Foresight, Five Ocular Emergencies Not to Miss. And the reason I got to this is because after so many years of emergency medicine, I came to find that so many clinicians in primary medicine, internal medicine, um, even some of us in the ER are very frankly uncomfortable with the idea of ophthalmology and the different types of cases that can present. So the idea of the session is to, first of all, walk the primary care provider or many, actually a full host of different types of providers through the history and the physical associated with the ocular exam, and then to be followed up with five specific ocular emergencies. So essentially with the history, everybody says, okay, that's the easy part. And it is, but what's so great about eye history is that you really can very quickly narrow that differential diagnosis. So in other words, if somebody presents with a painful eye condition, I already know, I can already deduce that the problem is in the anterior portion of the eye. To counter that, if somebody has no pain, no discomfort, and they say, hey, yeah, I uh, have this change in my visual acuity or loss of acuity, then that also directs my differential to the posterior eye. And I know right away that it's a bad thing. So the history says so much. Also then with the physical exam, that's what really puts a lot of us on edge. And again, what I kind of walk the participant through is if you execute a systematic exam of the eye every single time, anterior to posterior, front to back, that it really is very easy to navigate. So kind of the first part of my lecture is just that very discussion. Uh, the latter half, the bigger part portion of it, therefore, does go through five, not every single ocular emergency, but just the five most common that I have personally encountered in the form of starting, again, most anteriorly with issues on the cornea, namely a corneal ulceration associated with contact lens, how to identify it, how to treat it, herpetic keratitis from herpes zoster versus herpes simplex virus. Going a little bit deeper then uh, would be an acute glaucoma picture. Orbital cellulitis is number four. And then the fifth of those ocular emergencies is the description and evaluation of a retinal detachment. So essentially trying to lay some um, groundwork about how to evaluate the eye and then to walk through those five ocular emergencies. What are some common pitfalls when it comes to treating patients who present with ocular emergencies in a primary care setting? I would say that the pitfalls really fall under the idea of a lack of confidence when it comes to ocular care and therein a lack of ability to communicate uh, with the appropriate discipline. You know, unless we are ophthalmologists, none of us are experts in this field. And 
I've noticed so many primary clinicians, myself included early on, really wanted to avoid. We would avert ourselves when an ocular issue came up. Um, and that is not necessarily specific to ocular emergencies as we are discussing today, but really eye care in general. There's just something very daunting about it. So I would say that the first pitfall is that we as clinicians just we don't feel confident enough in ourselves. And the problem with that is we have been trained sufficiently to have that skill set. We have the competence to really at least get the ball rolling with so much of this care. So confidence is so important. And I think a lot of us are lacking it. The second pitfall is the more we avert involvement with eye care, the less we have the skill to communicate what needs to be done or what our findings are. So much of ophthalmology care really is me as a primary clinician doing the evaluation and then being able to process it and punt it forward, right? I need to be able to say, hey, Dr. So-and-so, this is Tara McSwiggin. This is what I find. And to you as the ophthalmologist, I need to be able to adequately describe what I'm finding to make sure that I ensure that right follow-up or initiate the proper care right then and there. So it's so crucial that we can describe what we are visually seeing to somebody who is receiving our information on the other end. That brings me to my next question. At what point in the treatment continuum would a primary care provider refer their patient to an optometrist or ophthalmologist? And that is a great question. Um, and the first thing I would say is not necessarily too quickly, <laughs> kind of again, bridging on that subject of we need to take some ownership of these patients. But part of that ownership is our having the ability to recognize what is truly emergent, what is urgent, and what can be handled in a primary setting, uh, perhaps not getting the other discipline involved. As we are talking about ocular emergencies today, part of my job, part of all of our jobs in the primary setting is being able to identify, yes, this is an ocular emergency. And even among ocular emergencies, there's different levels of that. There are certain things that I discuss in my lecture, such as uh, somebody who has an acute glaucoma, someone who has an orbital cellulitis, those need to be dealt with right this second. Those do not wait 24, 36 hours. So I, in the primary setting, need to be able to recognize and say, hey, this one needs to go actually to the emergency room. This one needs to go to see an ophthalmologist right this second. I also need to be able to discern then, okay, this is an emergency. This person has a corneal ulcer. That's emergent, but it might kind of hinge on the idea of urgent in that. Do they need to see ophthalmology right this second? No, but as a primary clinician, it is very much my responsibility to reach out to ophthalmology to myself initiate that care on the appropriate medication in terms of a quinolone drop for the ulcer, for instance, um, and initiating the care and then uh, getting them in the right hands of the ophthalmologist. But one other big hindrance that those of us in primary medicine could have is not having access to all of the right equipment. Okay. So that really, unfortunately, can prompt somebody being sent to ophthalmology even sooner. In other words, if I'm highly suspicious that somebody may have an acute glaucoma, but my only means to evaluate their intraocular pressure, remember that pressure that is building up in the anterior chamber is gross palpation with my own hands. That is, as implied, a gross evaluation. I don't have access necessarily to a tone of pen for tonometry. I might not have access to a slit lamp to have a more thorough evaluation of the anterior chamber. So some of my need to send to the appropriate specialist or discipline is my lack of equipment to thoroughly evaluate that patient in a primary setting. What key messages do you hope primary care providers take away from your session? I want 
primary care providers to hear what they need to hear to encourage them to become more confident um, on the first end of the discussion to say, hey, you can ask this history and then you can execute this exam because if we approach it in this XYZ manner, it is actually very reasonable to navigate. So I really want to encourage people and instill confidence in people that this is within our scope of practice. Um, it is actually very much our responsibility to care for these, our patients, and not necessarily flood uh, referral system, right? It's very easy to say, I'm just going to punt this one out or that one out. And that is not good medicine in so many scenarios. So we need to take ownership of what we can manage in a primary setting, but then on the back end of that, to be able to identify what really is an ocular emergency. And if I can identify what the problem is, again, the dichotomy of that is what needs to go right the second, or what can I initiate and have prompt follow-up. So this is about empowering the primary clinician to say, hey, yes, I can do this, but I can also recognize what is outside of my scope of practice and what warrants care by ophthalmology. What other knowledge gaps exist among primary care providers regarding the management and treatment of ocular emergencies? I wouldn't say so much that it is a gap in knowledge. It has been very much, and I've already alluded to this, but it has been the lack of implementation of that knowledge. Um, you know, when we don't use something, it doesn't work that well, right? Um, and that is so true when it comes to ocular medicine. Part of us being confident in primary medicine is being able to say, hey, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to put this type of medicine into practice. Now, for those of us that have kind of shied back and stepped away from it and said, oh gosh, I'm too far gone. I, I need to send this ophthalmology. That's not true. You know, if you are listening to this podcast today, it is because you have come around to the point of saying, you know what? I owe this to my patients. This is in my scope of practice. Um, there should not be a gap in what I can provide to my patients in a primary setting. So taking ownership of this is bridging that potential knowledge gap by listening to podcasts, doing different types of skill sessions. Because I would say, you know, if you listen to the um, to my lecture, part of it is knowing how to implement certain hands-on techniques as well. So much of medicine is we listen to the patient, we come up with our diagnosis. But when it comes to ocular medicine, we need to have the hands-on skills as well to know how to introduce fluorescein to stain an eye to look for that ulceration or to look for that dendritic lesion, to know how to use a tone of pen to assess pressure. So there's just so many uh, parameters that come into the involvement and the care of the eye that I would just challenge us to fill in those gaps by taking the extra measures to further educate ourselves to refine our hands-on skills, to take care of our patient. Um, and again, to learn how to best communicate what we are finding, what we are evaluating with the receiving clinician, be it optometry, ophthalmology, whomever that is, or emergency departments, depending on the scenario. But we need to refine our skills to assess the problem, have the right skills with the hands-on part of it, and then to refer it out right. Great. Thank you again for taking the time to answer all my questions today. Absolutely, Lee. I, I really appreciate this invitation and this opportunity. Um, this is a subject I hope you can tell I'm very, very passionate about. And I really welcome anybody out in the audience to take a listen to the lecture. Hopefully you will find it helpful. Thank you so much.